0: Hello, and welcome to Theory Talk, a philosophy podcast and critical thinking jam session. Thanks so much for listening. I am Joseph Weissman in conversation with Taylor Adkins. We are independent scholars in the humanities and founders of the theory weblog, Fractal Ontology. We are really excited to present this episode to you. First up is a discussion about virtue and the humanities, uh, kind of in the context of fake news and fascism. We're sort of processing Charlottesville a little bit. And um, the later sections are more specifically philosophical. We discuss Socrates and Laruel, and then a little bit of Kant. I've been reading The Critique of Pure Reason, and so I talk about that a little bit. Uh, Please enjoy. I mean, to me, it really, it's like a a collapse of, there's a collapse of virtue. Right, um, and th- this is really the thing. It's people who ought to know better propagating a bunch of nonsense in order to profit off of a media economy that promotes it with eyeballs, and so therefore ad clicks. That's true. That's that's that's. But I'm not trying to frame it in these like reactionary terms. But like, it does seem it seems very problematic. We need a we need a resumption of the you know humani- the values of the humanities.
1: because when you talk about virtue as though it were had a a unity in a nation state it's that's a different soil right that's the that's the globalization soil that's the for them it gets it tries to makes, again, it tries to integrate all of the localities, the, the rural areas, it forces them on a, on a global terrain, and that's not where they thrive, necessarily. Not where we thrive, right. sorry. I think that they they want to carve out these territorialities, so they have to use the internet to, to propagate their... Um, the, fi- the the fake news they propagate I a territory out. Right. They, they're carving out a space they're carving out a space of internal residence and, a, and they're carving out a their own society no it's
0: yeah it certainly has a creative dimension and power to it that's like the problem yeah part partially it's for the way it's like it is transforming our conceptions of you know again what is like normal to expect in a media document. And I don't know, like, maybe this seems very abstract, I guess, but like the, the formal literary considerations of like writing information for other human beings and the like the ethical <laughs> elements bound up in that. I don't know how to say that much better, but like that's the shape of it. I don't know, it seems to me there is a, sorry, a market degeneration, right? Like when fake, you know, fake news is a symptom, maybe as something that's more general which is a decline of the humanities
1: well um, it's, it's a decline of the humanities as this is what is is it's a it's a different it's an alternate humanities right this it's, <laughs> it's, it, geez, it so is great. it is it's an alternate humanities. so if the humanities were in disgrace for these times what 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 becomes what beckons right it's 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 those thoughts that have been have become taboo even had laws about um the way in which germany institutes its kind of policing of expression is perhaps it's 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 a it's but it it shows it shows a step forward but you know it it cuts off the space of what is is taboo so the alter humanities is a lot of the things that are taboo due to to the humanities I suppose what is not taken seriously or what is perhaps studied analytically instead of being sympathized with right. would be something like the writings of uh, Hitler or Herbert Spencer um, even thinkers like Malthus who I think underestimates the industrialization of, of globalization who sees Malthus thinks that we're going we're gonna to run out of food right. but it is a problem to take into question what it, it's a very biological problem instead of thinking of how humans synthesize together through uh, lashing onto the to, to technology, to, to innovation. So it, it actually opposes that arrow, because once, once the white, once white privilege, which has been asserted in kind of various ways, um, but it's taken up this new territoriality, because what has become in question is the superiority of white male heterosexual um, landowning worker the, he's supposed to be the standard standard of, of I suppose what used to be an economy um, although there were many lower class whites the, at least the, the no longer nobility right? it becomes a, a question of influence which wasn't always just material wealth Right, a lot of the great thinkers of, uh... Today, what does Trump say he, he, he like, and where is it, end? do you want to, if you, if you take down these Confederate statues, are you going to take down George Washington's statue and Thomas Jefferson's uh, statue? Jesus. I mean, that yeah. sounds like something straight from, um, Russia Today, or Sputnik, uh... It just sound, it has the tone of it. I'm not saying that straight. It, it could, no, be, it, it no, could easily be, but that well, sounds. It it's, it's has the dripping. tone. It's consistent with well, that be, tone.
0: Because why? Just at a literary psychoanalytic level, it's dripping with six layers of irony and disdain for the very medium in which he's having to respond. For mm-hmm. the fact that he's being even bugged about this. I mean, that's like the character. Right. Of, of, of trump's kind of distress, so it's an alternate it's, it, responses is it's just it, there's this basic indifference, but that gets folded through like resentment and irony and all that. and he's legitimately funny about it sometimes when he's not being terrifying and emboldening racists and so on right
1: well he he doesn't have to s- spout like hardline propaganda. No, he released that's a not, campaign
0: ad, right? The next, the next day. It's not even about so that. What, what, what has
1: right. been reduced to, though, is is this uh, the meme? The meme is taken on as right. a kind of linguistic expression. First of all, an automated expression, um, therefore, can be made. Bots can; they can have a whole slew of memes that they just kind of toss out. Right. Um, and. So the meme as an automated expression it also coincides with like the emoji or even links that were that are that are already copied on a whole plat an uh, old blackboard just taken. You got your propaganda links or maybe you got your New York Times links. Either way, right. your sourcing has become can be automated. Um, and these are all woven into. I'm thinking specifically of Twitter because of its economy. Right. Facebook is its own platform and has its own purpose for deeper reflection. But Twitter is this economy. Things can news uh, organizations can send out stories and circulate uh, the narratives they are they are they are doing by trying to articulate a certain fabric of right. objective truth about what happens in history, what we are actually going through, what things are, uh, this is the whole standard of objectivity, but the it, objectivity well, is the problem so, now when you're so doing bri- alternate territories.
0: Just briefly, I mean, I guess, I've I, I, I probably elaborated this, but, you know, I think one of the things about Twitter to understand is a, te- a technical thing about the platform.
1: Yeah. The technical thing, yes. You you brought this up right. last time we talked about it. Just you
0: know, the, the its evolution from texting, and it's yeah. you know, but it's carrying over of these character limits on a on an expression, right? Like it's a hard technical limit of the medium, mm. and it's we've talked about this before. It's totalitarian. It's it's cutting off the the space of development that the humanities need to imbue themselves in people's souls and teach, teach the people civic virtues. Um, and it's because there's not, there's, there isn't space to, I don't know, to, to dig in, to get nuanced, to empathize and, and deeply enough to respect the other enough to like give them the sources and the argument and the reason with right the, the rhetoric that the moment and the event call for.
1: There's a, there's a whole, un- on twitter sometimes especially reading other people's thoughts i do have this question about how much how many of these are automated i mean we know that at least you can do i don't know if trump admits to it or not or would ever admit to it but he has a certain number of followers that are that are bots you know in the millions so you wonder if that's What, I wonder what the what the all right would have to say about bots? How they would see it? Do they see it as? Would they see everything on the left as as that, or would they understand at least the ones who use it? Would they understand the way that they're using memes? The way that it's a generalized trolling activity that again could be automated. It's, it, it it totally shuts down any communication. No, I it's no, about I, th- a, it's I a think the moment you have, I think the moment
0: you have that voice. minimal self-reflective yeah. loop of consciousness. Most people break away unless they're actually sociopaths and find, you know, a clearer <laughs> vision. I don't know. That's that's my sense of it. But yeah, well, because
1: automating is about it's it's about reaching. But some people the are in, 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 people into, into like radical in satire most... for
0: its own sake. I'm I'm right. You know, whatever. There's things in principle. You, you know, you can't just out, out, outlaw ideas. It's important to talk through things and yeah. like dismiss them collectively and work through them, um, and they f- they form positive examples for the education of a people insofar as we can restrain their worst excesses. Um, you know, if if we don't allow our media to be taken over by totalitarian corporations whose aim is to crush the humanities, and it's this cultural, you know, kind of, Kantianism of pure capital right. and pure profit sort of structuring the entire the system of reality I don't know. and we need a spinozism to break out of it at least that's that's what i think one of the things i think philosophy can help us with is like seeing you know other possible configuration spaces right. than the than the way things are and by by getting at you know by transcendentally analyzing and you know performing a dialectic right. something like what lawyers do in a legal case you know like having to abstract from the particulars in some ways um, and then make others more concrete and different, like hypothetically, if it were this way, and so on, right? Like, so what do you
1: think? Have you you've heard about the the poll? Apparently, one of the polls There needs to be an aggregate of them. Obviously, I would I would I would love to know the the actual number, but it came out to like fifty two percent of Republicans would approve or agree with Trump saying we we could. Pause elections in 2020 to look at voting? It's, so, it's I mean, push
0: pulling of the most despicable kind. It's, it's really, you know.
1: Pe- oh, people, do they want democratic elections? I think. No, are they, they trying to cut just, through the. People just
0: want their party, whatever their party wants. And uh, they want to be thought yeah. as good party members. And, right. po- you know, politics is about partisan identity today more than it is about ideas and ethics and the development of the species and civic virtue like it ought to be. Like philosophy can help teach us. To be, and the humanities can help. I don't know. I don't know. We need an enli- We need an enlightenment. This is that's what these. That's the that's the answer to
1: to Nazi scum. Well, it's it's it. Yes, enlightenment is is it. In the, but what gets put into question is the way in which certain existential territories are open onto a certain universe of values. And it's a question of that alone. No, that's exactly right. it. Like, it's
0: about the universal. There's a re-territorialization
1: yeah. going on, trying to craft a, this is Make America Great Again, that that thinking of a past that can be recovered and restored. It's a question of how we, as a aggregate in this molar sense, allow for micro... Uh, Expressions of power, this mi- this, this micrological a- aspect of it, this local aspect of it, how the local is synthesized to allow for representatives, say in Congress, to represent all states, all to create this synthesis. We have we have this federal and local election dialectic going on. So who gets to participate and determine the course, particularly of a of a nation's carving out and think until recently we haven't had the means of possibility for the digital age was probably something that maybe wasn't exactly apparent in the founding of the of the United States it's that that kind of synthesis of global opinions of 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 an immediacy of people all over the world to talk to each other at any time that threatens what how does one couch that kind of um, ethno-nationalism in a in a campaign? How does one, on the broadest level, on the federal level, because no, no longer just carving out these spaces, but trying to carve one out for, for uh... for America as a whole? This this. This this is troublesome, right? This this is uh, not necessarily conducive to to dialogue, because anyone across anywhere in the states can everyone can talk to each other immediately. It's no longer this talking to your buddy down the road, or it's no longer about local coming together of mobilizing votes, and so that's 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 being that's being put into threat. You know that's being threatened by the by the globalist deterritorializing, forcing forcing one to shed these territory or at least hollow them out right to to move that sacred space that's narcissistic uh out into the to the holy of this this uh this outward dialectic instead of this internal dialectic um that's threatening that's Sharing of power—it's a—it's a question about division of power. Who's—who is to how are we to decide who has power? So I wonder if they with with, with that poll of fifty-two percent saying let's not do elections—is that would that make it easier to even put on the, the sham of. Having elections, having to rig them, or having to disenfranchise people. What if we just got rid of enfranchisement? <laughs> it is a. Um,
0: Again, I think this, no, is, yeah. this is this is. Push of the word. I mean, like some poll questions. Like this is not a responsible poll question. I guess is my take. Just as a, yeah, you know, whatever from a statistical kind of, you know, pop- population human statistics kind of perspective. This is not. This is not helpful. This is pushing. Um, right. And people are not answering this, these questions from first principles. They're answering them from a partisan logic of. What do I need to say to this person to help my party win? Yeah. From a political and analytical perspective, on the you know on the one hand, no one has any virtue, and on the sorry, and on the no. other, everyone, you know, is a political critic and analyst, and and you know can I don't know there's this there is this funny d- division this this problem of a double articulation of sense, right? Um, you know, it gets. You know, but, but I guess that's my point. Really, is that they are entangled in each other. Like the logic, right. of the logic of the humanities is expelling the, that, you know, the darkness and, and hatred that that seeks, you know, that is filled with resentment at the very idea of human liberation yeah. and, and creativity and free development
1: and progress. Right. So other nations have automatic enrollment. Some of them have compulsory voting. Right. Uh, I know that those are less rare. But there are I'm just thinking of other nations like Australia, like or maybe the UK, do they have if you have a if you're in our social system, right, if you're in our database of, as being a citizen. Right. Unless for some reason you that enfranchisement's been taken away, shouldn't there be an automatic enrollment? And I wonder about why this isn't the case. Well, I wonder externally why, but internally that's that's a threat. If everyone is uh, has not only it's not only like directly enrolled if you have a social security number or if you've developed if you're, in, if you're at a certain threshold of being recognized as a citizen you should be automatically enrolled you should have maybe only, you should get a chip in your hand dude, no I, no not a chip
0: no I, I, no. I, I think dude I, come on I know you, that, if you never had to enter a password again would you get a chip in your hand
1: I feel like that could be manipulated. No, no more passwords ever. I, I, So many people do it so fast. Well, no, that's, I meant in a national sense. Sure. Putting everyone, a chip in everyone seems like that might uh, threaten a lot of, again, threaten these same people. But I, I wonder if they would go for that because I think everyone should be automatically enrolled, have the ability to... wonder if there's a way to do it that I think people should be allowed for mail-in ballots, right? Like, how many of how much was I mean, there was some propaganda about there was some lie about, you know uh, Democrat fucking with uh, tearing up ballots and stuff like that, so this whole question of the way we get to vote, a lot of it does seem to be restrictions where you have the photo ID and all these other things why aren't why isn't everyone issued a photo ID, and why is why isn't there a database where one can like go through right. go through means of always being able to have one? Just
0: it, to, at, a, at a psychoanalytic level, a hypothesis it it has to do with like kind of paternalistic authoritarian structure yeah. of, of the American federal government. The idea is like there's all these services, but. You ha- we're not going to chase after you, yeah, right? We're going to offer them and you're going to have to figure out where your office is and you're going to hunt us down and you fill out 10 forms and we'll provide the service, right? Like it's a bureaucratic kafka gas machine. Yes. It's
1: an exaggerated right. Oedipus, right? Well, it's like, an expression of, of a certain form of... Again, it, it, it seems like a, an outdated... It seems like a form before the There's, possibility of digitality. Yeah. Um, if even at the voting booth, if you got like mugged outside and your identity, your your photo card was stolen, like you could have an ability to to immediately pull up that database of, of who you are. Um, again, though, that the, the the right might say that that's a way. Of, uh, mess of like revoting this whole question of people voting twice but those those type of people there were examples of people who got caught trying to do that one of them was a Trump supporter in Iowa who actually did something that he seemed to promote one of his speeches said you know if you've if you've already' uh, if you've already voted and sent in your vote or voted early and you think that your vote's going to be tampered go vote again now um, or go 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 to the ballots and make sure your your votes this paranoia again about how votes are counted um, who counts what? we went from we had one election fucked up by type of voting ballots due to this hanging chad question right each state had their own way of producing ballots. Right. Um, which really would be a question of if every state produces certain forms of ballots that would function in a certain way, there would be oversight from the federal government. There would be, you know, actual appointed people to a certain administration to make sure that, like, voting... that that wouldn't happen. There wouldn't be this... On the edge of your seat, recount that yeah. comes down to several hundred votes. Uh, and it had to... So we, we said... The states have a lot of... We routine. said the paper ballot doesn't work, let's do digital. Right. But now there's this move going to, to want to go back to a paper ballot so that there is a physical... There's a habeas corpus, if you will, a physical body to produce in terms of any question of recounting, um, tampering... These kind of things. So now there's this way back to how, even like the counting, of these votes. But but Trump tried to he he, he no who, he, he the, took. I, it I was saying before
0: who who counts and in, in both yeah. senses right. Yes, like who Who counts, does, who does the right. count?
1: Who's, who does the counting? Who's included within? And who's doing the account, a counting? Right. right. There is this There is the state of the situation part where there's the count of the count. Who is in control of the count of the count is. Is the interesting No, and, and the states get to elaborate their own theories of, of how to run an That's
0: election. Right. They have a lot of sovereignty under federalism. That's mm-hmm. part of the deal of federalism. It's why it can function as mm-hmm. this like dynamic, heterogeneous yeah. laboratory of policies. It's really very exciting in a certain way, right, compared to the, you know, kind of a, yeah. mo- a
1: monolith kingdom, right? But some of these big, Just a single, some of these, single Republic as it were right yeah some of these bigger terms for the nation would have to convene at least two-thirds of the United States for an affirmative of instituting a new amendment for example should be a big a big change a big fundamental step forward in what we accept as the basis of of uh, our American laws uh, now theoretically one could, annul an amendment with the same two thirds so things like uh, the 13th, 14th, and 15th amendment could technically be annulled um, if there were you know, 67 votes in the Senate uh, and and a majority in the House right, of of of, uh, all the anyway, my point being I, honestly, this, I would the, like to see a constitutional Congress. I think
0: the amendments could be cleaned up. Yeah. Like, I don't think the Third Amendment, like, it's the least litigated, and like, no one, you know, no one's quartering soldiers in your house, right? But I guess maybe it doesn't matter till it matters, kind of. Oh no! Thing, yeah, don't, right? you can't get rid of that one because um,
1: then, because then you have soldiers in your house, right? I guess, well, I guess that's right. Hey, yeah. Even even the United States could start instituting that kind right. of ability for erasing. Um, for example, one of the things I think that the Supreme Court should take up, and hopefully they already are, is m, uh, not m domain, but, man, I'm, I'm fucking up. But Sessions is backing up the the type in which police can, like, seize, seize your property. Right, forfeiture. Yeah, civil forfeiture. Thank you. So that kind of thing, to me, seems to be in conflict with... Um, these types of these these types of police state-ism start I mean, like that that to me is one of the elements. It's not necessarily the key element, but it's one of the elements of, of well, a certain it's, type it's of fascism. I mean, that's the so, thing about this
0: weird duality of the yeah. federal system is that reaction just lo- has a different tone and scale and scope yeah. at the state level than at the federal level. Because at the state level, you're bitter and resentful at the the god federal thing trying to you know run right. your life. And at the federal level, you're resentful at all the liberals right. and all the you know communists and Jews who are ruining you know, my possibility of having
1: us. right? So well, I mean, one of the reasons why the, that amendment, it's not just opposed to, a, to, a, to an, uh, an incipient fascism that would come later, but it did help protect against that type of police state. It would be fascistic, but it also is a reaction to hey, what an
0: actual monarch had done. Well yeah. to the monarch, exactly. Right. It was it
1: was a reaction to so it was safeguarding on both sides on the yeah. deterritorializing uh, and the way that Nazism is kind of a global localism. It's a kind of global it, it purports it purports to be global. I mean Hitler I think that's almost maybe that's both his his mania of right world has, domination the,
0: right this mad global yes. ambition but that's not a planetary ethics but is rather like you know my yeah race supremacism it's right.
1: less manic depressive and more manic paranoiac yeah i mean the, the paranoia and the manic are
0: are, are entwined Though it's hard to imagine a more vicious and virulent paranoia than the powers you know fascism, writ large, right?
1: But, so, so, but you have to say that to, to the whole globe, right? You have to uh, you have to do it in a way that America first is another way of saying like the the white nation, right? We're the uh, we're the white people. Um, it's but it's being we're, we've also been the melting pot, right? So we already this is this is also why immigration questions of immigration and. Undocumented. Right, we're not in uh, Caucasia, like that's that's somewhere else. Go
0: back, go back to Caucasia if you want to. You know what I mean? I get tired of this. Like, form your own little tiny splinter nation in the fucking Asian hinterlands, right? And like, en- enjoy your goddamn life, right? Like, and please, I mean, it's this, is this bitter resentment of other people's enjoyment, and it's this is the spiritual goods that authoritarianism delivers, is like this sense that, you know, though those people who've been getting over on you, we're gonna, you know, all those people who've humiliated you we're going
1: to humiliate them it's like this yeah. you know meta meta revenge and they, they almost made a stride the last time they tried to really make a stride or had a chance to under a president would have been George W. Bush um, there were obviously been other times before that but the whole I remember him and other Republican senators it was always a question of if they were like for amnesty that was always because there are you remember you think about it there is a there's a scale there's kind of a a scale of hard right and hard—I guess hard left too. There's a scale of progressive and conservative in the in the whole Congress, and you can see they they form these little bodies, these caucuses. The Freedom Caucuses caucus, right? That's a it's a nice generic, right. fun fun way to frame it. Um, these these are always tugging. They they are continually tugging the the Republicans to the right. This has been happening for for a while, but it's becoming. It's having, it's having to change itself, uh, so they can't. You know, they really can't get anything done because there are some who are not necessarily going to just jump in with that kind of ethno-nationalism in a way that would empower it. Um, although they're stuck, right? They, they right. At some point, this taints
0: all of them. Like
1: their identity. They want to. They want to remain true to what they are. They are registered Republicans, but the but the party itself right. is shifting. Way more quickly than, um, or has shifted way more quickly than they might have realized, and so it's.
0: I mean, it's can can you, you get
1: elected just by talking to these types of um, hard right voices by continually going to the right? You're, you're, you're perpetually, you're, you're always thinking about uh, independence at least to some extent. So can you get elected just with that? platform and this is why I think Trump is, is, is good because he's going to um, why is Trump- he's gonna decide a lot of people to take elections more seriously, right? He's gonna Right. He's gonna No no no
0: I actually like this tape. and get this out is, in front of it a- that we
1: can we can create an awareness <laughs>
0: Feels so detached. It's a very tragicomic view, no, it's right? Fine. Like, like he's like he's Alfred e. Newman that we that yeah. we that we had to sort of almost elect by accident because right. we weren't paying sufficient attention to the matter, right? right? Yeah. And um, and we're distracted by memes and crazy stories. That I mean, I think this is this is the thing I think about fake news is just its a tr- a role in the attention economy. Attention, um, you know, well... Okay. And, and just like the the. The exponential line of it right the more rich and dense and compacted and self-referential it can be i, I don't know this right? is what the meme is though it is it is this, re- this circulation a, of redundancy it's an attention spiral that becomes a, yeah. v- a vortex that is is its own kind of meta right. consciousness of the internet that's consuming all of us and we need to be more careful right and uh we need to think about how to teach people uh I don't know virtue. I don't know how to. I keep coming back to this virtue. Like, it's it's like I, it's it's hard for me to characterize what's what's missing from fascism, other than, than like it's a it's an ethics of life, like that's the the thing that's right. I wouldn't it be a and, different and like respect for other people, and you know we need to be teaching this at a much bigger, is in it, a much bigger way. I don't know. Is it not a? Is it not a? I'm not saying we can convert this, everyone or save America's soul. I don't even know really what I'm asking.
1: But no, no, so it, like. it seems it's that dialectic of Athens and Sparta, right? I mean, they are different virtues. They cultivate different virtues. They do. Yeah. Uh, now they there is a there is sometimes they share, but they may disagree about how to achieve those virtues or how to best like right. flex them. Um, and it comes from what a body can do. What, what's the what's the capacity for affecting and being affected and in uh, in territoriality and these types of territorialities, these these ethno-investments, this investment in the race, this is what they're being threatened with the disarmament for. This is one of the things that correlates how they see uh, their virtues being articulated or how they might articulate their virtues, whether or not it be consistent with itself but at least providing a framework to to logically rationalize. So it's it's about it's about who gets to participate and who gets to not only participate but but when will they be granted the floor to be heard? Yeah. I think there is something about not granting. The floor to be heard necessarily, because when it boils down to it, it's it's not just about facts. A lot of times, facts should be they, they're trying to make facts malleable because they have a narrative that they want to assert, want to prop, promulgate and propagate into the world. And that assertion is not just about linguistic expression. it's about order words, right? It is about who. Um, it is a perform. There is a performative aspect to it, but not just in the way that since that Alex Jones could be a fake, he could just be a performer. He could be an artist, right? An artist of conspiracy. A fake news and bullshit. Yeah. Well, he's a he's a he's a fake. He's a he's a performer in the sense in which he is um, performing an act. And some and not not all of his listeners actually. There are listeners of his, and I have talked to them. That know that what he's saying is is bullshit, but it's it's fun, it's entertaining. Um, it's, there is an entertainment. It's, it's there like are a, there v- is. It's
0: virtue corroding,
1: right? But like but not all of them take it seriously. Yeah. So there are a way in which he is listened to as a clown. Right. I was driving home the other day, and I listened to like Mark Levin, and uh, you know he made me laugh when he talked about Devin Nunes being a being a hero, and that's fine. You know, I just. I, it didn't like corrupt me it was a it was I mean, just as an analyst it seems it was like it not, was not funny that I'm,
0: not that I'm like professional psychoanalyst but just like from that perspective yeah it seems irresponsible to have someone like Alex Jones reaching as many people as he does and it seems like he's really putting a lot of people in a much darker and more frustrated and he's, more bitter place than he's, they he's, need to be right? yeah but I I mean I feel that way about most of the people on the right in general so maybe it is an Athens Sparta thing at some level here yeah
1: there's there is a sense in which it's 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 another function of the paranoid machine because it's yeah. it's a, it's a it's a question of you have to reterritorialize because if not you will be brainwashed by you know the um, by the mainstream media which is a new way of saying semitic but it it doesn't have to do right it's not just a semitic network anymore whether or not they're in charge doesn't matter that's its own conspiracy it is right. about this. There, There's other people that um, want to... The liberals, the lip turds, they want to... Right. They want to say that everyone's equal and everyone has a place of asserting themselves without it um, being a question of belonging to an ethnicity. But there are others in the world that want to... That's, that's, that's a part of their uh, their spiel. But for, for Jones, it's not necessarily about this. He doesn't necessarily go on these rants about... He's not he's not that kind of performer he doesn't perform hate in that sense he performs a, a general sense that we should be we should be more concerned about conspiracies than about facts because the conspiracies are actually primary to the facts because no, they're, the, right? they're they're this
0: this, this sick phantasmagoria yeah. of
1: this broken thinking right
0: like and I don't know.
1: this destabilization of a an ongoing meta narrative who we are as a nation, uh, in, in the, no, who we are as a nation in dark. the sense of no, it's yeah. it's it's that's it, that's its own meta narrative, but that's a fake narr- Meta narrative, actually, the real meta narrative, the narrative that they try to say without telling you necessarily this a narrative, right. but they started as a. as a, no, 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 The real yeah, yeah. fact is that the the true America is something that has to be either restored, purified. It right. has to be. Uh, the 14 words, right? Um, white children have to have a space that's provided for them that allows them to not just be equal, because being equal is actually a, a, a lessening of the privilege that um, this type of fantasy would have. Right. Because in the 1950s, if we want to say that Make America Again is a time, it's in the 1950s, it's right. post-World War II, Right at the start of this, this economic boom, we have this stereotype and this projection of a of the white working male heterosexual with a family and a two, two dogs and a cat and whatever. He's he's the. This he's, is still an image of sort of suburban life. And it's try it, it is
0: a privilege enjoyed largely by the white super rich one percent. Yeah. And but he's the, the one that the counts. Ang, the he's ang, the... within the anglosphere. Yeah, the anglosphere exists as a as a notion. It, it's, it's it's all such nonsense. Like, yeah. There's, there's, there. Man, it drives me crazy. But, but I, guess, I guess you're right. Like e- equality from that, the idea of opening
1: the world interior of capital to anyone else. Right. This is this is the. Well, it's 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 it's, it's that we have to if we don't, and there is something too. It's it's a. Um, What's what they're worried about is decoding. Right? They yeah. They are more closely. The tribalism gets gets thrown about where these these real at, rabid supporters. There's there are these different various tribalisms, and a lot of times they probably um, don't necessarily get too caught up in who's more alt right than another. They seem to just enjoy uh, the fact that they have to they have to. Recognizes are those brothers, right? They they are in the same kind of fight because they are ultimately trying to get the same goal, whether or not it's uh, their specific goal. It's going to be a goal that's going to be within the vicinity of the territoriality they are they are invested in. So, they 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 have to they have to discredit any narrative that would say. The white man isn't necessarily going to be in charge anymore, right? Obama was a was a choice of that. That's they they, they saw that for the first time. That's that's a, that's a reality. The fact that he got elected is is a step forward, but it it shows that that's the threshold has been crossed, and right. and and
0: right at the very moment these atavisms yeah. became obsolete, they they redoubled in intensity. Yes. Precisely, this is the psychoanalytic right. kind of dialectic here, right? Like because what they want to accomplish. Again, is both almost already achieved, right? I think this is maybe the part of the thing, it's determination of time in, in the logic of whiteness, right? right. That, like, that it's almost like a blinding light that can't like encompass any, any color that wants to be absorbed. Like There's this Im- impossible rejection of, of pluralism, but not even at a critical level, right? Because like, this is the thing, there are critical thinkers of the right. We don't need to smear them all with supremacism. Right. It doesn't need to taint them all. You know, just like the, I know, you know, even even
1: like the state apparatuses, like the army, the right. Well, it's it's one, speci- it's a unique state apparatus, obviously, because of the dialectic of the state and the war machine of sovereignty. But the, we, I, I've seen a lot of attacks, for example, with the transgender ban. A lot of it gets brought back up into you had times when our army wasn't even integrated racially, and now it's integrated in terms of gender to certain extents right. and now even uh, transgender participation there is that's that's another thing about who gets to um, represent us militarily it is a question of fitness a question of because what's being made in units in different cores a lot of times has always been thought of as these groupings of white Counter-signifying, right? I think there is a counter signifying aspect to trolling because it is opposed not only not it's not it's less opposed to signifying regimes than to post signifying regimes. It is anchored also in, in the signifier having a stability opposed to schizophrenia as you brought up earlier right <laughs> that what is the paranoiac opposed to most is the schizophrenizing right. flux that threatens them that threatens their uh,
0: their boundaries their barriers right how yeah. they
1: synthesize and conjoin these flows no, how they a, right how they disjoin flows specifically that too is a, is a question how is we we as a nation are segregated but it's really in the larger cities that you see more Economic exchange, more velocity of racial exchange. The, we have we have this synthesis in, of the the rural and the and the city. This gets this is another one of those binaries.
0: Yeah, it's what the suburb is, if that makes yeah. sense, right? Like, is this weird? Like, you're in the country because you've got a big lawn right. and your dog's running around and your kids are just playing in the yard, but it's a city because you're in this tiny bedroom community that has immediate access to a strip, yeah. strip mall and three gas stations, and it could be in the middle of the desert because we can replicate all these things now and doesn't have to have meaning as a town in itself, right? Like, I don't know, there's, there's this thing about the failure of the New Cities movement right. to kind of address the coming wave of industrialization and really respond to p- the, the contradictions, the economic problems in people's lives, maybe just put broadly, right? I think this is, anyway, part part of the universalistic structure. I mean, Kant's question is the possibility of uh, synthetic thoughts a priori. And Nietzsche in, sort of inverts this and asks, what, you know, why are synthetic thoughts a priori necessary? Yes. Um, sorry, just to...
1: Yeah. Um, I guess back to that, that the pace of, of, of thought. Nietzsche's way of writing and thus what Barthusser is, the prime example of it, he's trying to not he, he mistrusts idleness right as, a, as, a, as he says as a psychologist right he thinks that as he says uh, um, idleness is cause of all vice right so this question is a, therefore psychology too <laughs> in a certain sense but it's just resting upon a system that would constrict perhaps, the, the the play of thinking while, you know, investigating the the way in which thinking is possible. It, it would... it would.
0: I mean, that sounds to me like the rigor of an experimenter. Yes. To fulfill
1: the terms of the experiment.
0: That's true. That's not, true. And not to permit yourself to get bored with, with the experiment that life is. I don't know, this is sort of my take on what will, will to power might mean here from a psychoanalytic right. perspective. And from the same way of analysis it's got to be about new powers new capabilities yeah. that you can learn because the brain is plastic and open it can heal and grow and these are possibilities within us and you know it's, and sometimes in talking through it doing analysis helps it can give you a, a, yeah. tra- a transcendental re- reframing of the world and, and it's no longer quite as full of
1: bitterness and frustration and disappointment that's right you're not as full of resentment that's, and, that's transvaluation I think for Nietzsche that's Transvaluation of affect, I think, is what Spinoza would would say it as. It is the will to power and uh, the eternal return implies this ability to not prejudge life based on um, either ours or life itself, especially in this way that would sediment valuations of life that would, he finds, for example, in Socrates um decrying life this exhaustion it's it is it is a question of pace right it is this question of momentum of, of forces of, of energy of bodies composing together in ways that are conducive to um to furthering our 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 experience of joy and to making joy this collective uh this collective dance right for um so for Nietzsche, I don't think he condemns Kant necessarily on the plot of the read of the Critique of Pure Reason. Right? It's not necessarily in the writing. Nietzsche steps up almost this challenge to philosophers for their lives to be the texts that are studied, yeah. rather than their words.
0: That Kant's life was boring.
1: Well, it's not. It's not. I don't think Nietzsche, Nietzsche would probably concede that from our perspective. Right for Kant, it could have been very engrossing and therefore no, also... No, it clearly was. It was, yeah. it was a, I think for Nietzsche, it's an expression of this is imminence of life. Right? I think from outside, I mean, we Khan's can make Kant what he is, but Kant's right. life is lived experientially from within and, and, itself. And, and it's and obviously to,
0: extraordinarily rich and vital, right?
1: And yeah. it, well, it has... It, it's. It, I think for Nietzsche, he would... If we were to go with Nietzsche and no, yeah, take yeah, yeah. Kant's take life as a text, we can take out some of these... Series. The Kant's Life is very regular, as we know. Yeah, there's a, we know. We even the fact that he had routines so rigorous.
0: This isn't as much like his old, the older, part later part of his life, if that makes sense. Sure. Like no. I, over for well over forty. He's like normal guy for the most part, well-liked around town, is like, you know, a bon vivant with a quick wit, and is at the salons and the parties, and in and, and, and in demand socially, right. and and for most of his life, and, you know, he gets a, a bit eccentric as an old man, we shouldn't, I don't know, that, that, that book you gave me, the Hoffa, Hoffa book yeah. on, on Kant, that I was reading just a little bit to get some bi- biographical kind of flavor, yeah, I don't know, Kant was a man about town is the way I read it, but maybe, maybe I'm overstating it, but...
1: Well, it's not about. That's not what I was actually going for, right? It's just that he, um, he also had routines, a regularity of, right. of,
0: and and never left the town of his birth, right? Yes, yeah.
1: I mean that's. I think that's that's Nietzsche's Nietzsche's point is is, is is and he doesn't necessarily condemn Kant. He's merely saying. I think he's trying to say that these are these are texts worth of study with. Yes. What, what, no,
0: and there's this irony. He never leaves Koenigsberg and founds physical geography. Right. So.
1: Yeah. So like yeah. like this this becomes I think more important in his reading of Kant, which he doesn't actually read Kant this way. He doesn't. He doesn't really. He doesn't talk shit about Kant for having regular life. No, no, I no. Was, and then, but and then, he does. And this is
0: something of reduction, obviously. Yeah, but yeah, he
1: but, but where it becomes essential is when he talks about Socrates. I right. think he takes Socrates as. I mean this is what the apology leads up to he's been condemned for corrupting the youth for living a certain life that as a text itself as an influential text by the way it's helped influence you know <laughs> millennia after in a certain sense it's, it's a life to be maybe not judged and condemned but to be analyzed in order to to transvaluate the the values. I think that's what Nietzsche wants, wants to try to show with this examination of Socrates in Twilight of the Idols. He's sounding out the idol of Socrates and f- determining its, its, its tenor, right? Determining its, um, the way in which it puts forth its will to power in the world, right? And I think Socrates is an example of, of a philosopher we can learn a lot from his life um, and from that also see how they, they lived out these, these values that, I you mean, know, Socrates is an example of the guy that is, is, is performing philosophy. No, no, no. And giving them,
0: giving Athens a taste of Sparta's values in the, in the noumenal realm, as it were, of their, of their future state, right? And, and envisioning this golden republic. Sorry. And these unheard of temples of philosophy for people to enter into and to in, indulge in this. I mean, dialectics really does open yeah. up like these amazing horizons for the possibility of human development. Well,
1: dialectics yeah. is the program, but yeah. I think utopia is the core of the of the of the investment. Right, that's no, 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 the no, no, investment no, of desire. I think, and you, this, this is why you're right to bring up the Republic. Um, or. In general, think about like Spinoza writing these treatises on politics, with it being an extension of this correction of the understanding, right? That our understanding of politics, in a sense, can allow us to all come together and do better for the general good, and right. actually, therefore, compose with our with our bodily forces. Um, I think that Spinoza was killed for this. Right. This is why he's heretical or pantheistic or atheistic he um, he threatened different territorialities of the time he, he didn't just threaten I I assume he didn't only threaten Orthodox um, Jewish communities that he may have been around but he also threatened the Roman Catholic Church with its own theological propaganda in the most general sense the so Spinoza was It is as though he were, he were, he were Neo from the Matrix, but was, instead of, like, beating up agents, he's trying to, like, what is it? Spinoza Christ? Is that the Prince of Philosophy? Like, isn't that what Deleuze makes out of him?
0: Because he comes, he comes before empire, right? Yeah, Like, with the the seeds to defeat cultural Kantianism and, you know, what will become Hegelianism and, and, and honestly fascism, right, in its final kind of formulation, right? Like, it's really this... Kind of, I don't know. I wonder about this, about about the image of reason yeah. in philosophy and the possibility of another kind of creative intelligence tearing it to pieces. Um, I mean, I think this is maybe the question of the humanities today, right? Whether, right. whether we conceive of this outside as you know the inane, right? Or you know, I like to think of intelligence in terms of. You know, not some you know, Malthusian kind of consideration, but rather the, the possibility of new images of thought. Yes, and, and that's the, right. And the connection mm-hmm. with a, a future of thought. And honestly, artificial intelligence and artificial general intelligence is one of the particular outsides here because it, it permits a, I don't know, a, like a, a, an, an analysis of reason in yeah. a very
1: explicit kind of mode um, so I, I guess what I was getting about with the philosopher's life is how yeah, does no yeah, how does the no, philosopher's life then can be read as a text that uh, comports with certain images of thought? Yeah, and I think that's with images of thought. There's also investments of desire, right? That's where the, the carving out the utopia of the Republic is this territory to be created to be desired. To be aspired to, right? Um, that is a part of what all philosophers' lives are like. What they, um, what their values would serve as images of thought to represent as yeah. as ideal states. We'd say as utopia. No, what this is, is, what, yeah. what is
0: what is there nowhere? In other words, what is there now here? Yes. What, what would they do at this moment? This is the thing the Stoics will tell you, right? Like, if you're having trouble imagining how, how, to, how to fit in in a social situation, how to figure out what to do, um, represent to yourself in your mind how Socrates or Zeno... <laughs> oh, God. ...right? Might have handled this, right? And immediately you will find a, a profound and ironic detachment and a ready and willing wit to turn every injury in, into an ironic compliment... And a, you know, an entreaty into a dialectical argumentation, where you know, pulling them up to a, a what Nietzsche would call it a higher swindle, but just yeah. also to idealism, right, to
1: lift to lift people up in that way too. I would love uh, for the new Plato, the the, the neo-Plato of today, um, to have a, have Socrates either as a troll, imagine reimagining him as a troll, as Nietzsche does or imagining engaging imagining these dialogues of Socrates with with these various trolls and, uh, and, their, and their various ways of dividing up apportioning reality and its share because a lot of times that's what Socrates does with the dialectic how do we apportion up you know valuations in our language uh, how do we divide up reality and how can we agree on how they then com- combine into these holes, these these thoughts. Um, and well, he, he gets to perform something beforehand, right? He gets to determine the terms of the discussion. So I, I guess that's part of where yes. the troll would elude him. I, right. I feel that the ultimate troll would win every time against Socrates, but we would see what Socrates would try to do to... Um, he might be proving that obviously the troll is inconsistent. This is this is where it becomes a question. I think I forget who I told you this. Someone said uh, maybe even Simon C- Simondon, C- where he says Socrates gets to choose his interlocutors. This is the the this question like, of oh, the, the question of Plato's selection. Just that that Socrates, the the way I'm I'm already violating a a fundamental rule in Plato's dialogues with and Socrates as the main character. He would. His interlocutors wouldn't necessarily troll him in the way we think of trolls today, where it's about eliciting. listening...
0: comes close to an, an you know, Interesting. ethno-nat, yeah. you know, whatever, but... But what he... I mean, trolling more specifically... When it becomes to the like the other mode of the hard right, that's just about power. Whereas Socrates wants to be a, an empire of reason, right? right? Like really does dream of this.
1: Well, this whole I- idea of liberal tears and, and getting a reaction out of yeah. the left and and inciting them. Right. Um, can Socrates be incited? And I would say ultimately, no. This is why the this dialogue. Is the ir- this Wait. is
0: a, the power of his irony to always be able to leap above with a, with laughter with a joke that
1: becomes thinner and thinner sometimes right yeah. but no that and, and I think that for this is what I wrote a paper on right I think that Socrates would find Gorgias as he is a um a character or as we see him perform as thinking in like the Encomium of Helen when he's praising Helen he's talking about language is this magical force that it's really about order words and the way that this is how Helen was seduced it's not about meaning it's not about organization of signifiers the way that Socrates has us play he has us pre-allocate where signifiers are going and how they will resonate uh, I think Gorgias is, is past that Gorgias yeah, is past yeah. that and in, in, and so an actual dialogue of Socrates, a reimagining of the Gorgias dialogue would be much different. There are many places where Socrates gets Gorgias to admit to to accept assertions of how right language works or how reality is
0: No no no. This is this is totally how dialectic works, right? Like you get someone to accept the major premise yeah. and then the minor premise, and then the, the force of this the synthesis, right, like carries you through to the conclusion, right? Like- so
1: Plato makes Socrates out to beat what I would con- I consider it to be his his trolling equal if you will because if Gorgias no
0: that sounds per- that sounds right yeah
1: because well, the way the dialog doesn't go is Socrates like wouldn't you accept that this is how things were and Gorgias would just have to say something either just say no that's not how I accept it right. this is what it is but that's not necessarily how Gorgias would, nece- would talk um, Gorgias would have to have a, a line back and Socrates would have to agree or not. A lot of times, it's not someone asking... Usually, it's not someone asking Socrates, will you not accept that it's this or that. Right. Because he'll just counter back with with a way of reord- with saying, eliciting an agreement on another maybe related topic. Or he just wouldn't play those games. He would. He's not... It's not his...
0: Uh... I mean, that game of redirection that Socrates uses, again, like using a minor premise yeah. to sneak up on you with a major premise... And then once you've got both of those, you're carried right all all the way through. Of course. I mean, like I don't know, there is this thing about just the, the 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 force of it. But against again, yeah, against an opponent who refuses to climb the ladder at all, or I don't know, knocks the ladder over, yeah. is able to undermine it. Like there is a there there are these things that yeah, I like this that a real interlocutor is capable of doing, which is like actively reprogramming and redirecting. In exactly the same manner, Socrates is is doing. Yeah. And again, like part of Socrates is like brilliance and intelligence. Is is I mean, part of it's the time factor of writing out a play it takes takes a long time, and the point is you have a lot of time to think about it. So so I mean, Plato Socrates is. Anyway, whatever. Very what Gorgias places. needs is a Plato. No, no, exactly, right? Like, you know, or at least a, a more sympathetic Plato would be the thing. No, no, he,
1: Gorgias needs his own Plato. Yeah. Gorgias needs someone because that's—it's already unfair when Plato writes the dialogue where Socrates prevails against Gorgias, really in almost way too easy manner. I don't feel like he no, totally. He, yeah. he could have. I feel like he could have still skewed it to where Socrates wins uh, the argument or gets Gorgias to. Eventually, assent, but the the terms on which Gorgias assents is is false, and so it's a it's a it's a it's a shadow of a Gorgias. It's it's very pale, and in that sense, I uh, not only discredit Plato's <laughs> imagination, but I think his honesty and how he, he 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 reduces the sophist to a to a parody of himself. Sure. But if Gorgias had his own Plato, if there were. couple of dozen of similar linked dialogues where the a lot of these same subjects are being covered by Gorgias, that'd be interesting, this question right. of justice and these other things. You can see how Gorgias would have not only his own body of words to mobilize against no, but his Socrates, own... but he'd have his own literary agent.
0: No, no, no. And, <laughs> and, and so his own you know, whatever, like hero's adventure of philosophy that Socrates is on, right? Yes. Like defeat, defeating all of his opponents and then having a, having a trial where he's questioned for, you know, cur- in influencing the youth to tyranny. That's right. Um, And, I mean, because this is really the thing. It's not just corrupting. I mean, the corruption is about making the youth love tyranny and philosophy's role in this conjuncture needs yeah. to be questioned. I feel like the sense of this is a lot of what powers well and maybe yeah. maybe you could maybe you could connect this back like what do you think would be a, a Laruelian reading of Plato's life if that makes or Socrates' life So as, w- as, yeah. as, as the adventure story of wisdom told by Plato you know basically that like, that after all tyranny was right and you know even though Socrates was murdered by the mob, his ideas, mm-hmm. this idea of idealism of you know absolute quote unquote mer- meritocratic tyranny you know should be uplifted.
1: I think, I think Laro would show how Gorgias is caught up in a fight by Plato where the, the, the game's already stacked against him because I don't think Gorgias was, first of all, asserting a, a philosophy. I think that's what even, even is at stake with um, Plato is that he takes Gorgias' rivals. A lot of these thinkers... Right. With, with they're not they're not always rivals, but some of them are. Right, they're the rival claimants. But there are also some that are foils in a certain way that Plato not does. necessarily
0: rival philosophers, but rival types like psychosocial types yeah, at the right. level of philosopher, like the, the sophists. The sophists, yes. yeah, like as a different possible image of thought. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I
1: think Larwa would note that Plato has to have this agon, this contest. Of Socrates and I'm still I'm just using this example of Gorgias yeah. um, and he predetermines Gorgias I don't think that I don't think he accords with what Nietzsche would say about how one should treat one's enemies right one should treat one's enemies charitably um, such that when <laughs> one defeats them right it is uh, it's all the more glory you know, so in a certain way, being dishonest to Gorgias for this agon of Socrates, you, um, you actually make that drama, the, the 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 theater of individuation that would go on in those thoughts. You 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 lose you lose a lot of the complexity that could be done in that agon. And so when you, when, when Socrates beats Gorgias, it's just a Gorgias is is a shadow of himself. Now, if one only had read Plato, we would only have that shadow. But we actually have Gorgias' own extant writings that probably he didn't even write down, um, which is a question too. Socrates didn't write his thoughts down. I think that's um, this question of, of Plato uses Socrates as a means of showing what the philosopher would do would be elaborating these types of visions, these types of visions of society. And what is interesting is that Plato would, doesn't say that all citizens should do what Socrates does. Not everyone should be a dialectician. Right. And in fact, there are types, as you've talked about, these trades, the trade types. Uh, not everyone should be a dialectician, but you know whether or not they have a couple of tricks. That through education, that's that's fine. But they're not necessarily supposed to go around and just break everything down. It would be this this. But in the Republic, so that that while well, that could be a great asset to all citizens, if they were, for example, if if. Plato Socrates was a required course throughout your you know your upbringing and these kind of as you said ways of performing experimentation performing syllogisms performing um, a rigor a certain rigor of even if rhetorically suspect but it but if, if we just abstract Socrates is right. doing something and so he could teach every citizen to do that but in the republic there's a lot of lying being going, there's a lot of where it feels like the lie has to uh, serve for a greater truth, which is that the Republic is a lot like the cave. <laughs> right? Wouldn't a lot of these people be...
0: No, they're they're trapped by dialectical illusion. Yeah. If they would
1: be in the Matrix. The, this is what the Republic comes down to, right? Is, is The cave is a kind of Matrix-type feel where there's, um, there's a removal of... of of reality i think for for plato plato's thinking i'm doing a rigorous way of thinking reality that's what the dialectic is and you gorgias as a sophist are trying to talk about the way that language has a magical way of um causing people to assent and to be taken advantage of (laughs) um which in the end would want not to stake a vision for utopia for a republic with the, the 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 claim for truth because i think for gorgias and this is what kind of what we do says plato says you got to take a stand on what the truth is and live up to that and gorgias i think um would much rather be someone who questions the way that In a Canian sense, truth would prop up power, right? Truth would be the mystical underpinnings of, of power in a way that leads it not to be questioned. Um, I think that this is... Would you say that this is why Plato has to defeat Gorgias... Or it has to have Socrates defeat Gorgias. This I, would... I
0: I wonder about this. Like I mean, I think like you're saying, there's a lot of like dialectical movement and el- illusory truth generated by the the philosophy as well, right? As sophistry. Um, I mean, it's it's almost a question of like how how direct you are about it. Yeah. You know, like and.
1: Is a sophist a cynic? I guess that would be the question. Like, well, you know, I
0: think they're all vaguely distinct. I think I think that's maybe even the problem is that there was this profusion of different images of thought. Yes, and right. We're, we're catching it at a different stage in its development of the of the concept of reason itself. Right, was in question from these different yeah. pers- perspectives that would capture it in
1: different modes. Right. That's true. I think that this is Nietzsche's. Nietzsche makes this credit This in his pre-Platonic reading, right? He is trying to make this argument that Plato institutes this first mixture um, and that Socrates would be this last pure type. So already Nietzsche is kind of asking, but for his subject matter, which was Greek, the ancient ancient Greek philosophy, um, he is asking a Larrealian question about how how is it that these what he what he thinks of as if not pure than unified types these unmixed versions of being like Heraclitus and fire and um, water and uh, or the you know even with other things about debt and repayment of existence in this. About, you, you, you're talking about an ex-man yes or right you know exactly so these kind of things Plato is the first in Laura Wellson's, I think first example of in Greece this philosopher by trade I, I, I wonder if Heraclitus is a philosopher by trade or just as a consequence of his own hermetic musings um, like I wonder about this Socrates was a soldier most of his life, right?
0: It's Plato, the one who founds an academy the academy, writes all the books. So. Yes,
1: this is the first teacher, so they are already there. That's that's another little attempt to plug into that 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 utopia, right? He's 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 actually the one that's perhaps more guilty of potentially corrupting use. Not that the academy wasn't a wasn't a good thing, just that. In his own way, right? Plato is is the one that's tr- that seems to found a school, whereas what Socrates actually trying to found a school. It seems like he needed a Plato to do it. Um, so these other thinkers, then, Plato's the first to mix them in a certain way. Um, he he mixes them in a way that doesn't allow for them to. Keep their their identities, and he tries to nullify the truth of them, or as a lesser truth, as a as a is that these thinkers are right. If you go through the dialectic, if you perform the dialectic, then you can see these thinkers had something to say about being and and thought. Um, I mean, you have that great showdown with Parmenides and Socrates. You have these examples of Socrates. Almost training, <laughs> you can like a like a fighter. Yeah. You know.
0: No, no, no. Um, this is what I was getting at. It's like it's yeah. With I, I think I think maybe with Plato, the playwright, right? Like all the characters of the sort of literary theater yeah. of, of conceptual drama, yes. these like different di- dynamisms and theory space right. or something, you know, have been fully elaborated. So you can mix them and build little psychodramas and you know, canonize philosophy. and this is this is Plato's to have seen that. It, what matters is writing it down and forming a school for having this political insight. Right. Um, you know, that if you want, you know, long-lasting sure tyranny and big empires that stand for a long time, right? This is where I think the republic. You know, you can imagine Socrates talking to people about Utopia. It takes takes Plato to turn this into a, like a map for you know warlords to right. like to begin structuring the psyches of their. And to begin reprogramming dialectically the the stratifications and making them that much harder to resist that much more humiliating because they they attack you at this cognitive conceptual level right i think think it's you know this i don't know this is the larwellian line i was trying to maybe probe is this kind of this i don't know and whatever it's like ethical it's like this not respecting other people's intelligence not realizing that Maybe with Ranciere, right? Like all intelligences are equally capable of developing and healing and growing and changing, and um, all, you know, all thoughts are equal. Kind of connects up right. with this, and, but it's in a different register. It's almost like the pure, pure mode of it, or something. Like at the at the limit, you know, the one is indifferent to all of these hypotheses and right. representations. You know?
1: I, I think I think for Laura Well, he would see that Plato's the Plato, in his own definition, and in Laravel's definition, seems to be the first philosopher in the sense in which Larwell lays it out, that he's the first to take up into to... Um, he's, he's a... Or a better way to say it, I think maybe, is he's a... He's the first to become conscious of what philosophy... Is doing. He's the first to assert philosophy in a more, in a way that is a, a, a conscious of itself, as already involving agon, and conflict, um, on the level of thought and thinking. And this is what the dialectic is. It is this, this streamlined engagement of how thinking would perform itself. This is Socrates. <laughs> Dream of afterlife, right? Is is being present to participate in that, in thought thinking itself. But Laruelle would 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 try to show that a Platonic um, type of move for a non-philosopher would be hard to imagine it at that at that juncture in history, because well, first of all, would. Plato, the non-philosopher, with non-Plato, with the non-philosopher Plato, start a school. Um, I mean, Laruelle was a, you know, a philosophy professor, so he has taught other thinkers' thoughts. It is this question at some point where Plato is kind of using Socrates to. It's not about teaching other people's thoughts it's to show how there is this, this higher way of, um, of taking and. Conflicting any any thoughts and getting the dialectical grist out of it, uh, the kernels of truth. And Laura wants to wants to understand the agon, um, and wants to show that that's that's actually philosophy is actually reducing itself to this this assertion of claims to reality. It is the status of the claimant. And this is what schools can be sometimes form around. But um, well, like you said, academies are yeah. are good. Like if you
0: you know, the answer to, to how do you teach people virtue is in a classroom. You know what I mean? Like you have to you have to start with like, here, here's how to think critically, right? Yeah. Like, and that does have like a formal logic part of it, right? Like, so how does one
1: form a an understanding and a theory of understanding this internecine warfare with philosophy? That's actually structural and endemic and not right. the outcrop of just uh, philosophers being wanting to polemicize so how is that how is it in the very machinery of philosophy and so non philosophy wants to it has a it has a dilemma if it tries to make statements philosophical statements about philosophy or why certain philosophies are wrong or right it it would then Become philosophy. What what non-philosophies uh, statements are not meant to intervene in philosophy? To do so would be to be another claimant. How does one perform the scientific operation where these philosophical mappings of thought, these conflicts of images of thought, these territorialities of of these different foldings of being and thinking? How how does one allow for us to treat them as a material that can be rendered sterile, where we can preserve them and, and not mix them up and not, not have to...
0: Not do what Plato did, make it a theater of the... Yes, of the it's dynam- no longer a theater. Not a theater of the dynamisms where we're working through... Along a heroic, adventurous path, defeating all of our enemies yeah. in a in a preordained fashion that mirrors the structure of the syllogism, or
1: or if there's a theater, it's no longer identities in a mixed sense. It is actually a uh, there's an extraction of these senses of identity of of, of obviously philosophies, but in general what he calls the law of philosophy like this this yeah. more general um tendency I would say we, we we could say of what philosophy does in insofar as it's bound up with decisionality insofar as it's bound up on deciding um kind of like it's posture and thesis yeah or uh, deciding on the way in which uh reality is to be determined or co-determined by thought um ways in which this is done is confusing it with physical reality or just confusing it, confusing it with um, psychological reality consciousness now if we want to reserve the word reality for that that's fine but um, larwell thinks that there is a repression going on philosophy has to repress that its statements should be able okay. to be taken in this most general aseptic way so that there is no right. conflict it's,
0: it's funny I guess the thing I'm thinking of is this way that part of Larwell's mechanism is an identity function yes and so there's a way in which you can read him as isomorphic to every philosopher at once without conflict yeah yeah and so I don't know like when you gave this description of him sort of picking out the one as a separate kind of transcendental strata yeah right like it does have a feel of a critique of, of, of reason right like and does seem isomorphic in some ways to Kant. Con- maybe this is a way to to pivot a little bit. Um, I've been digging into the critique of pure reason. Yeah. And um, it's it's exhilarating. I've been I've been saying it's a, it's like a science fiction novel or a detective story where it's like the you know who did the right. the transcendental crime of uh, synthetic a priori knowledge, right? Like where does this where does this come from? The, the universality and necessity of, um, uh, you know, like geometry and the, the physical laws and uh, further of metaphysics. And can metaphysics have the, uh, the the universality and necessity? Can statements in metaphysics have the, the same as those of geometry and of, of phys- right. and mathematical physics, right? right? And this is, like, this is the sense of Kant's question. It, it, there's this beautiful way in which, like, Seems like split philo- the history of philosophy in two with this like this new critical mode, and like he's like naively treading over this ground that's like that that's it, it recapitulates so many of the fights, yes. the the agonies yes. of, of philosophy, and like you know it it, it it even seems to like already contain philosophy's death throes and all these silly wars with the science over whether philosophy even exists, and like sort of. is is trying to address this question in a very direct way that has to do with what is the structure of reason and it's like it still feels like very urgent yeah the critique of your reason is it, it's exhilarating and enthralling again it's like a sci-fi novel mixed with a detective story and you can call it plotting or whatever the critique is but like you know it's he's laying out these transcendental clues to them to the matrix that will form the solution right like it is like a dialectic where he's laying out the different components that he will then you know, un- unite through a synthesis of his own, right? Like, and he's, he's trying to, to show us the way to, to reason, right? In a, in, a, in a way which is, like, universal and necessary, uh, even about metaphysical ideas. Um, yeah, it's like, it's, it's immensely, like, exciting, you know what I mean? Like, as a work, like, in, in, in the way he... I don't know, just, like, frames really clearly this, this problem, um and you know is is like you know sort of it, 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 while he's like narrowly laser focused to some degree you know he's like he's uh, uh, elaborating i don't know the 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 the, con- the contours that that he he will need right um
1: yeah i was i was going to ask do you remember what inspired you to read Kant? Was it just... You said something about you wanted something more rigorous almost, or something just that would be this type of more systematic exposition.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think there's a... Um, you know, a, a, a new a new rationalism today, right? That I think... I, I don't know. Like, so, you know, I'm, I'm interested in it for, like, strategic kind of theoretical reasons. But, but also, I mean, to be super clear, like, just at the tactical level, and I think this is close to the heart of kind of what's going on in, in critical philosophy, is, like, you know, up, upgrading the, your own operations of cognition, sort of, like, you know, as an, as an opportunity to level up as a reader and a thinker of difficult texts to try to get a taste for difficult and hard material. Um, because as an autodidact and dilettante, it's you know Im- important, um, you know that I that I maintain a, a kind of a strict regimen in terms of like reading and, and thinking and pro- processing material, you know. That,
1: yeah, and we we talked helps. a little bit about the the yeah. pace of Kant. I mean, there is something you've you've read you, at least the first hundred ten or so pages of the critique now. That's Almost a
0: fourth, maybe. Yeah, definitely what feels like the most red pieces of it, if that makes sense, like definitely feeling a lot of like kind of strange familiarity and uh, uncanny elements, especially in the first the transcendental aesthetic and logic. it's like it's clear these are well-worn grooves that critical tr- philosophy and the transcendental, Tradition has been kind of exploring for centuries after Kant yes. o- opens it up because it's sort of like everything has this, is already haunted by these kind of resonances and echoes, and there is almost like a, a ruins of Enlightenment reason kind of aspect of it, kind of exploring.
1: This, right, this cave, right? Yeah. The. I mean, with 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 Kant. Um, and I think with Hegel in a more abstract way, it's. I would agree, I find it somewhat more difficult. I think it's the. There's a. There's a especially with Hegel, there's this depersonalization of, of the writing. Um, Kant does something where he, he sets out on these first principles, um, but it's, it's very. Its scope is already. You can see he's, he's setting up these building blocks, he is constructing in a certain way um deducing yeah yeah he's but he's also constructing a a way of testing deductions as well so
0: yeah yeah no this is like in a certain way that's dialectics right like you set up you construct an argument in such a way that you can deduce the principle you want Kant wants to deflate this hallucination of dialectics that it invents this kind of illusory world it wants to get wants to give reason its own plan for working, right? And understand, I mean, it's the it's life and death of metaphysics in the way he talks about it, right? Like whether we will ever be able to have universal and necessary metaphysical statements. And again, this is after Hume had rather convincingly shown that we won't, that these are conditional, even your own existence is conditional on the, on the fact that you're thinking. Yes. Um, so it's not a universal and necessary thing that you exist, you can conceive of your own death it's not contradictory or absurd this right. is this is a moment he kind of repeats returns to almost as reductio that my my own inexistence it cannot be it can't be conceived it's like absurd to him or something i don't know that the or, or or at least this is one of the the veils of dialectics maybe is one of the ways to frame it that, that well he's, socrates
1: i think would agree with that right he would he almost imagines that he's going to live on Doing this, that perhaps that's why life itself is a, it's a means of restraining him from participating in this dialectic of the ideas. They, and so, in that sense, whether it's a fantasy or a, or a thought experiment, he, he also shows he can't necessarily think of um, his, his inexistence or his death without. Well, I, I guess that would be the difference the inexistence part, cance- canceling oneself out perfectly it doesn't seem um, it's not absurd at least it's something we can do it's it's a, it's you a know, Socrates demonstrates it like a syllogism and yes. right like so but i think with the, the the this very conditionality of the i think is is what sets up the the structuring of attaching I thinks to every presentation. Right.
0: Um, yeah, this is the transcendental unity of that perception, the I think that kind of haunts every f- thought and feeling and perception and provides this basis, this substrate, by which we can connect in right. intuition through through the unity of the manifold of sensibility.
1: Yeah, and I think Melissa takes this up in a certain way by questioning this the correlationism of the absurdity of phenomena without and I think attached to it right a phenomena by definition of Kant is tied up in what the subject does um, so in that sense it's, it's this question of also presentations right are, are there presentations with or without a subject I think for But do this is what becomes fundamental with this um, this understanding of counting Um, so presentations counted but they're not yet accounted for Um, that requires a subject no that's interesting
0: because that I mean that sounds like I keep thinking that manifold has got to be cognitive multiple right yeah um, and just this this problem of like you know synthesis being about you know like connecting up or like conjoining all the connections conjunction is actually this like kind of profound right. you know, like aspect of the transcendental logic that becomes important for synthesis because it's about conjoining these disparate moments together into a, an assembly he's, he's talking about how do you create a concept what is the what is the machine factory which can result in the pure concepts, not not just any concept, but the pure concepts of the understanding, pure reason. Yes, he really is trying to zero in on this, like this mode of the synthetic a priori thoughts, but not just those of like geometry or physical mathematics because right. they're too empirical and impure and contaminated by matter. But the the purest, and and so and this is another thing I guess, just like the the processes that he places. <laughs> you know given quote unquote given objects in his in his space like a lot of his thinking has to do with just decomposing these objects and like taking away properties one at a time taking away their color their permeability as bodies right like and what remains is the transcendental aesthetic what remains after you scrub everything away from from your mind what can't you erase right it's space the space the object took up and the time i actually wanted to ask you about relativity here in space and time with Kant. Because it's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess we're like, we're subject to space and time, like these transcendental principles. But it's clear that in themselves, they aren't like, they aren't like this. And I guess it goes back to Mayasu, this, the reality of scientific statements and kind of the reality of physical science. We don't, we don't need to deduce them transcendentally and Kant doesn't even try to. He's only kind of concerned with metaphysical universality
1: and necessity. Right. Right. It's, um... This question of space and time is necessary frameworks for all experience, all possible experience. Right. So they are He's not talking about
0: noumenal time of the spatio temporal manifold that's actually, you know, like a dynamic well, ent- I, entity. I know? wonder if
1: that that would be the question of the relativity of it. Would would space and time you were talking about scrubbing everything away and you get space and time, but it, what about the subject phenomenologically in, in this correlationist way of thinking for Kant? What, what if, can the I think be subtracted from space and time? Would space and time still be space and time without a subject who would experience it? Uh, and I think this is where Spinoza is maybe more clear. That it's Where space right. and time is... They're real, even though they're not phenomenal. But they're... But, but I mean,
0: Spinoza or Kant's pretty clear, like geometry and physical mathematics have this reality... But he seems to be like I mean I think this is what what Hume made him worry about right was that they don't they don't pierce the real depths right that like no matter how many empirical things we string together you know without some leap right without some transcendental movement we're never actually going to get to to universality
1: right 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 um, I think for. For Spinoza, the way he, he thinks about uh, attributes and their expression and the modes, um, this question of God's power being actualized, nature's power being actualized, um, I think for Spinoza, in that sense, there's a if there's a correlationism, it's it's definitely not in the sense in which Kant attaches the, the I think. Uh, because I think for Spinoza, he might find absurd that the expression of modes and the modality of the attributes would be contingent upon a, a subject. For, for him, the subject who thinks all these things is already God. Um, any other ancillary subjects is is irrelevant. Um, but they would participate in the expression of the modality of of power, of absolutely infinite power. Um, Yeah. And so, but the first, the first thinker is not a human subject. It's, it's, it's God, nature, herself, itself. No, no, and I, and I think I don't know. There's
0: there's something materialist about it because in in a certain way all of our metaphysical drama plays out at the molecular level, right? Like that there is a was a whole universe of machines fighting and interacting. There's molecular wheels we find, mm. and, and you know so many of the cataclysms of early Earth had to do with these molecular organisms taking over, dying out, create, producing different atmospheres that were toxic to others. This whole this whole right. warfare. Had,
1: I I, I was mentioning to you um, this having the Spinozistic, Simondonian thought of milieu's. And I was, you know, we talk about individuation. The difference between onto and phylogenesis usually gets broken down into the individual and the species. But in a certain way, individuation, trans individuation, can be taken further in thinking about individuation of biomes ecosystems um, of
0: pure knowledges too yeah oh yes
1: right uh, well biologically speaking as you were talking about like struggle for annex milieus and, and those in the you know ratio of predator to prey and these ways in which these systems of life start to even be able to have identities and expressions especially based on like for example, one way is climates, um, but that doesn't determine the variation of species. The biomes themselves, uh, that's more geographical, but in any sense, I was thinking of an individuation of various milieus that are or ecosystems that form an expression of an age. We think about the way that um, these different ages from the Precambrian to the to modern day through like the Triassic and Jurassic. and. The big dinosaurs. We th- we can we can see back through knowledge the different conditions of possibility for these individuations of and ages before not only before man right, right? which is before
0: phenomena for a pure reasoning subject but right. also before any life for any living being yes for any possible observer and nevertheless these these. Scientific statements, this is basically Mea take, right, are, yes. are talking about reality. They're not making something up but rather they're you know, whatever, transcendentally however you want to say it, they're measuring a reality um, that, it, that exists beyond any possible observer of right. it, right? It's
1: non-correlational factuality.
0: Yeah. Um, he uses funny words here, factiality fa- factuality, Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah you've got fact... Factality, factuality, facticity is another. I think yeah.
0: that's a, that's a good word, maybe. I don't know. But.
1: Facticity. That's a, that's a Heideggerian type of, um, yeah. Factial, fact- factuality, yeah. facticity. Right. So. But uh, but it's interesting,
0: right? He says like sort of time isn't just one fact among others, um, but. In in other words, that there's no universal laws governing the continuation of the laws forever in time. Um, He says Hume kind of even forces us to this precipice. Um, And it's almost like the destruction of reason or something. The destruction of reason's possibility to predict anything. And and Hume really does present this shipwreck to, like, kind of an enlightened transcendental image of reason. Thank you so much for joining us for Theory Talk. I am Joseph Weissman. Uh, I was in conversation with Taylor Adkins. Uh, all the music in the show is is mine. And, um, you know, obviously all the material comes, comes from our brains, uh, kind of refracted through the canon of Western philosophy and contemporary sociopolitics. Uh, we're really glad you're thinking with us. We love making the show. Uh, we get a lot out of it, and we're really hopeful that you're getting something, too. Uh, and um, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Theory underscore Talk have a great week